0: Hey, if you have your uh, Bibles this morning, we're going to start by looking in the uh, book of Genesis. We're going to start in the book of, uh, of Genesis. You can pull my mic uh, volume down just a little bit and I'll pull uh, it up a little bit. So book of Genesis chapter nine, and we're going to start by looking at the story of Noah. If you've been around church for any length of time, or maybe you've, um, you've, you've, you've heard of, of certain Bible stories. This is one of those stories that is kind of at the top of the list. Most people know the story of Noah and the ark, right? And, and the way the story goes, it's kind of laid out for you. Basically, God looks down at humanity and he's pretty disappointed because the thing that God gave all of humanity that was really important to him that he would give to them was the power to choose. So God looks down on all of humanity and humanity is choosing to turn their back on God, So God gets a little bit frustrated. God decides, okay, I'm just going to wipe all these guys out. And I'm going to start over. He decides that he's going to send a flood to the earth and he's going to flood the earth. All of the humans that were on the earth are going to die and he's going to start over. But the Bible says he became mindful of a man named Noah. The thing about Noah was even in the midst of all of the corruption that was going on on planet earth, Noah was a man who wanted to do things right. He had a heart after God it may not be perfect, but he had a passion to do things God's way. He wanted to raise his family in the things of God. He wanted to follow that internal voice that so many of us have and, and maybe sometimes struggle to follow. Noah was this guy that he was a God-honoring man. The Bible says because God was mindful of Noah, he comes to Noah, and he gives him almost this forewarning. Noah, I'm about to wipe you all out. And so if you want to survive, here's what I want you to do. And, and really, we can repopulate the earth this way. I'm, I'm going to send a flood, and what I want you to do is build an ark. Now, mind you, this whole story, like nobody's ever seen rain. Rain hasn't existed up to this point. So he wants, he wants, uh, wants him and his family to build this ark, and he's going to send the flood. You know the story. They get the animals on the boat. And uh, they go through this this huge miracle story. They build this. I mean, could you imagine uh, building a boat for over, well over fifty years? And in the process of building this boat, like there's still no rain. I mean, we ask, we get disappointed because we pray for something three weeks ago and it still hasn't happened, right? And here's Noah in the middle of his journey, trusting God year after year after year. I'm communicating this point to show you that man Noah was a man who was diligent, a man who was disciplined, a man who feared God. He goes through this amazing, amazing, incredible miracle story of the flood comes and, and they save all of human civilization. And that's actually why we're here today. And so after uh, the flood goes away, God makes a promise. He makes a covenant to, to, to Noah and to his family, to all of humanity, that he would never flood the earth like that again. And he gives him this sign of the rainbow. That's what a rainbow actually in the Bible it says. God, God showed them a rainbow. And a, a rainbow was a sign of God's covenant that he would never wipe out all of humanity again. So this is where we're picking up the story. After this this big miracle moment has taken place, in the book of Genesis, chapter 9, I'm going to start in verse uh, 18. It says this, The sons of Noah who came out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan, so that would have been Noah's grandson. These were the three sons of Noah, and from them came the people who were scattered over the whole earth. Verse 20 says this, Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. He was naked. Verse 22, Ham, the father of, of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth, which were the brothers, took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward and covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father naked. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, "Cursed be Canaan, which would have been his, his grandson, himson. son. Uh, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. He also said, Praise be the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Noah lived a total of 950 years. Could you imagine? What a long life, right? And then and then, and then the Bible says that he died. I want to open our time together by telling you a, a story. I don't, we all have these like stories like if you had... You were kind of like at a social gathering. It would be like your go-to story, like a power story. This is one of my power stories. Like I... I go to it often when I need to illustrate a point or I need to keep conversation going. Uh, my wife and I first got got married. We did what most ignorant couples do before having children. We decided that we would practice, uh, we would practice on, on on a dog. Like, we would practice our, our parenting skills. It's bad news. Like, if you're a new couple here, don't do that. Please don't. Like, don't, don't do it to yourself. But we decided that we were going to do it. I was raised in a family where we had, like, big dogs. You know what I mean? Like, Rottweilers and, like, Great Danes, like, German Shepherds, like, Dog dogs. When my wife was raised, they had like little foo foo looking dogs. And so, my wife won, and we ended up getting a Maltese. If you don't know what a Maltese looks like, I'm going to show you a picture of Maltese. This is a Maltese, okay? So we get this dog to like practice our parenting on. This like we're going, to, we're going to be good parents and this whole kind of thing. And so, what's the name going to be? My my wife won it. She's like well, it should be like Chloe or something like that. It looks like a Chloe. Well, I'm a little bit weird and annoying, and I was like, I'm going to name the dog something ridiculous. So I named the dog Whitegrass, okay? And the reason they White Whitegrass is it's white, and it's fur looks like grass. makes sense to me, okay? So I tell my wife, his name's Whitegrass. She's like, no, it's Chloe. I'm like, it's Whitegrass. Watch me win. And I totally won. Like, people started calling this dog Whitegrass in public. It sounds weird when you say it, but, like, once you got used to it, it just rolls off the tongue. Whitegrass was one of these dogs, though, that picked up bad habits the longer that we had them because— like most parents, you're learning on the first one, you know, and so we, we like would get other dogs because we thought that she was lonely, bad idea, we kept that dog for a couple months and got rid of it, and, 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 but, the, but the thing was, the other dogs that had come in and out of Whitegrass's life uh, in her time during, uh, at, at our home had te- taught her some bad habits. She learned how to dig. And uh, little dogs, man, they're, they're one, they're really annoying. But when they learn how to dig, they're like extra annoying. I had this dog, and she'd always wake up right in the middle of the night. I don't know if you've ever had a dog like this. Like, it would be like 2 a.m. in the morning, and you'd hear her whining, and it's like, get up and take the dog out. It's your dog. No, it's your dog. You wanted the dog. And we'd go through this whole thing. And, and you, you, you'd, you'd take her out to go to the bathroom. I'm not kidding. Like within two minutes, she'd find a way in the backyard to dig a little hole and get underneath the fence and get to the neighbor's backyard. I remember one time in particular... Uh, this happened. It was 2 in the morning, and I take white grass out to, to go to the bathroom, and uh, I had I, I just that day, like, filled all of her little digging holes, and somehow, some way, I literally, I, like, went inside to grab something. When I came back out, 2 in the morning, she's dug under the neighbor's fence, and she's in the neighbor's backyard. And I'm furious. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this. I'm trying to sleep and I'm I'm outraged, but my dog's name is Whitegrass. So I'm like outside, not wanting to be too loud. I'm like, Whitegrass, you get back here right now. You know, I'm like down by the hole, trying not to be the crazy neighbor. And, uh, and the, I mean, it was just, it's just a crazy story. It's trying to get you to the picture, but the neighbors on the front, uh, on the front of, of their house, they had like a chain link fence. So Whitegrass could not just get into their backyard, but she can get around to the, to the uh, whole cul-de-sac, so I'm running out my front door, and coming around, and then she's there, and then we're going back and forth. It's just like a complete nightmare, so I decided that I'm going to change my approach, and I get down by the hole underneath the fence, and uh, instead of being angry, I turn on my tenderness, and I'm like, come here, puppy, white grass, come here, baby, like I'm doing this whole thing. I do it over and over and over. She's like smart. She's trying to like Keep me at bay. I'm like, Come here, puppy. Come here, white grass. And define Finally, white grass comes whoop un- under the thing and I grab white grass. Oh my god, so I, I take her, I'm I'm furious, I'm angry, she's covered in mud. I walk inside the house, I throw her lightly into the bath and um <laughs> and I start like I'm 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 washing her, you know, and it's like re- let me remind you, like it's two, three in the morning. And uh, as I'm washing white grass, so I'm just I'm just angry, I'm like sleep angry, and I'm uh, scrubbing the mud off of her. All of a sudden, like, um, her body starts, like, going limp. And I'm thinking, wow, what's going on here? Like, I'm, I'm scrubbing her fur, and her body starts going. She, like, loses her legs. Like, her legs just kind of, like, fall down limp. And my wife comes in. She's like, what did you do to her? Did you hit her? I'm like, I, did, I didn't hit her. I mean, I might have spanked her a little bit, but it wasn't nothing major. And then I'm, I'm second-guessing myself. Like, was I too rough on the dog when I pulled the dog up? Am I a horrible, evil person? Like, what's going on? And so I finish the dog's bath. I get the dog out of the bath. I get a blow dryer. I start blow drying the dog. And I'm talking, this this dog, things begin to decline rather rapidly. She loses, she just, she just, just goes completely limp. She begins, she's just, just laying there on the floor. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like my dog's going to die right here in front of my eyes. And my wife comes in and she's like, what's going on? I said, I, I honestly have no idea. Like she's, she's a parent, she's dying. Like the dog is dying. And and I watched her, um, never forget it, watched her little belly just start, slow. her breath just like slowed and slowed and slowed. And finally, her breath completely stopped. And I, I looked at my wife and I said, I said, we lost her. I said, she's she's gone. And then I said, um, I said, go get a garbage bag. That's the kind of, that's the kind of home that I grew up in. We were redneck like that. And... Um, we, that's how we, we, we that's, I, mean, not, I mean, can you imagine, like, not even called the SBCA or, like, respect the dog's wishes, go get, a dar- go get a garbage bag. She's like, what, a garbage bag? I'm like, well, what are we supposed to do? Like, I've never had a dead dog before, you know, and it's, like, right here on our tile floor, and, uh, and all of a sudden, we're talking about, I'm not getting a garbage bag. Get a garbage bag, and I'm not getting a, we're talking about this thing back and forth, and all of a sudden, Whitegrass has a resurrection out of nowhere, <laughs> Whitegrass, I'm not kidding you. I, I, I can't even I mean explain it to you. She's just dead on the ground, and then she stands up. It's like it's like a movie, man. She stands up, like arches her back, and then her body starts convulsing. It's just like whoo whoo, and we're like whoa, like what's going on? And all of a sudden, Whitegrass starts barfing all over my tile floor, and she barfs up beans and beer. You see, Whitegrass wasn't dead. Whitegrass was drunk we almost bagged up that drunk little dog could you imagine can you think about that what if we did that what if we threw that dog away and it was alive that would be horrible i'm just thinking about that right now that would be really 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 horrible Whitecrest, though man what a trooper but but uh i tell you that story to, to drive her the point she, she she wasn't dead we thought she was dead but she wasn't dead she was drunk uh, life is a crazy ride. You have situations that are wild like this. You have situations that you can never predict. We, we have these uncertainties in life. We have these situations in life that turn out actually a lot of times opposite of how we wanted them to turn out. It creates a sense of disappointment. I want to, we, we experience really deaths. And, and I'm not just talking about like, like the end of life because I'm not just talking about like someone who loses their life. I'm talking about the things that take away from your life. These, these are deaths that you encounter in life. I expected it to go one way, but it didn't end up that way. I thought I was going to get married, and we were going to be married forever, but maybe your marriage ended in divorce. Maybe you had a family, and you were going to watch your kids grow up and, and become something, but you ended up losing a child. Or maybe you built a business, and this business was going to thrive, and, and, man, this was going to be awesome, and God was going to do incredible things to this business, and it was going to be your claim to fame, and you were going to be successful, but it ended in a death that the outcome wasn't what you wasn't what you expected. In life, we experience these deaths, and I, somebody once said that that, uh, that that one one a single death is a tragedy, but a million deaths is a, is a statistic. And and I think that, that that quote has has power because a lot of times we become so accustomed to things not going our way that we learn to settle for what is rather than push towards what could be. We, we settle for these these moments of deaths. We we, we think to ourselves, well, this. What, what is death? This, this is the end. This is the end of my significance. This is the end of my worth. This is the end of my marriage. This is the end of this relationship. This is the end of the relationship with my kids. This is the end of my vocational life. This is the end of my reputation. This is the end of my peace because I've been plagued with anxiety for years now and I don't know how I'm going to move past it. And I think a lot of times we, we, we start settling for things that are and, and man, this is just how it's always going to be. I think a lot of times in life though, the things that we consider dead are not always dead. Sometimes they're just drunk. What, what, what am I talking about? In, 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 intoxicated. There's something about life that, that causes us through the journey to become intoxicated. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking about intoxicated. I'm talking about just something. Something's off. I'm talking about in, 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 intoxicated. I'm not myself. I'm not behaving the way that I normally would behave. My friends aren't behaving the way that they would normally behave. My boss isn't behaving the way that he would normally behave. It seems like something at church is going going on. I don't know what's going on here. What am I talking about? Intoxicated. Ah, and intoxication is fascinating to me because it's, it, 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 it's a part of life. And I know it's a part of life because even scripturally, the Bible says in the New Testament, it says fascinating things. It'll say this statement over and over and over. Be, be sober-minded. There's a passage of scripture that says, "Be sober-minded, be vigilant, because the enemy is roaring about like a like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour." What he's saying is, "Hey, be sober-minded, because the devil's trying to get you." Why? Why? Why be sober-minded? Why not do? Every, why not? Hey, make sure you do everything, doing everything right, because the devil's out to get you. Hey, make sure that you're going to church on Sunday and checking, checking all the boxes off, because the devil's out to no. He says, he says, be sober-minded. Why be sober-minded? Because the nature of life is that life is intoxicated the nature of the journey of life is you go through things you have experiences that, that put you in a position where you start acting ways and you think man why am I acting this way you've been in this position this is, I, I, this is so not me I, I'm doing these things but, but this, is, this is not me you look at your, your spouse or your son or your cousin or, or a friend or, 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 or a coach or a mentor and you think man how, how did that happen to them I know them I know that's, that's, that's not them. What, what am I talking about? Life can be intoxicating. And it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. It doesn't matter how committed to God you are. It doesn't matter how much of a loyal husband or wife or good parent, good mom, good dad, good worker, man of God you are. The nature of life is, has a tendency to intoxicate us. This is, this is where, where, where Noah finds himself. Noah is like Bible hero, man. Noah is like Bible hero, dude. Like, 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 think about this. This is a man who God, God decides because of him that he's going to spare the human race. This is, this is somebody who is after the heart of God. A man who, who has done incredible things for God. He, he builds an ark for over 50 years and nobody's ever seen rain. He, 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 has, to, he has to figure out how are we going to get all of these animals. How does this, this is a man who is devoted to the cause of God. And yet Noah in his journey finds himself intoxicated. Noah, how did you of all people find yourself intoxicated? And I hope you catch this morning that this story is about so much more than intoxication through alcohol. This is a picture of what it is to be a human in the space called planet Earth. We live our life and as a result of the journey, a lot of times we find ourselves inebriated. Noah, how did you find yourself intoxicated? The Bible says that Noah was a man of the soil because Noah was a man of the soil. The text says that he planted a vineyard. I think one of the greatest things that intoxicates us us in our life is our toil. What am I talking about? Our work, our hustle, the grind. We're busy one day to the next. We've been working, we've been working, we've been working, we've been working. And if you're not careful, the, 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 the toil that you go through, the work that you, that you put yourself through, it begins to intoxicate you and you start getting tired and you start lashing out. You start behaving in ways that you never would have behaved. You start treating people in ways that you would never treat other people, not because, not because you actually want to treat them that way, not because you don't like those people, but because you're intoxicated. Why are you intoxicated? Because, because, because of the toil. Because of the journey. Here, here is Noah. It's like, dude, you, I think that you've done enough. You, 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 you've, built a, you've built a whole ark. You've been through this whole process of having to trust God. I think, I, don't, I think somebody else can plant a vineyard. I don't think that you need to be working right now. I think you can take, take a time out. Let your, let your sons do the work. I think sometimes in life we are so addicted actually to the toil. We don't know how to rest because all we know is the grind. And if I'm not grinding, I feel lazy and I feel unproductive. And certainly God can't work through me. And I think a lot of times in life we become intoxicated, which causes us to lash out in other ways that we would not normally lash out to behave in certain ways that we normally would not behave. Ultimately catering to our own demise, not, not because we were just heading to our own demise, but because we never rested. We, 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 we never we never took we never took a break. It was just work and 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 anything in life toil has this way man man doesn't it have a way of intoxicating you Intoxicating? what off I'm just not I'm not I'm not seeing things clearly. I'm not, seeing, I'm not seeing my marriage right. I'm not seeing my kids right. I'm stressed out. And my kids are annoying me. I used to pray that God would give us the gift of being able to have a baby because it was difficult for us to have them. But now that I have them, work, man, it's just intoxicated me. And now I can't even stay in my, my own kids. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been in a position? Anybody ever been in a position with life where, where you start tolerating things you used to celebrate? Why? In, in, in t- intoxication. And my point this morning is is no matter who you are this is the nature of life that life is intoxicating noah why did you find yourself intoxicated maybe it wasn't just the toil maybe 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 it wasn't the toil maybe it was it was the time think about noah's life what 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 can you do of significance after you've already saved the world from extinction there's something about time that is intoxicating what am i saying no Noah, Noah, you, you you already peaked what are you going to do now how much of our life do we get discouraged? Do we get overwhelmed? Do we get frustrated? Do we turn on those that we love because of this thing called time? Man, am I ever going to be a success? Am I ever going to be the thing that I wanted to be? Or man, I already was the thing that I wanted to be. What do I do now? What do I make of my life? Am I worth anything? And all of a sudden we start dealing with these fruits of insecurity. But really it's not the insecurity. insecurity is a byproduct of the drunkenness. What, 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 what are we getting at? Noah drinks too much and finds himself naked. He drinks too much and he finds himself naked. The problem, that, the problem isn't that he was naked. The problem that he was intoxicated. And it's the intoxication called him, caused him to be naked. A lot of times in our life, we deal with these types of things. The insecurity that you're up against, it really is not about the insecurity. It's the intoxication that's causing the insecurity in your life. Do you understand something? When, when, when I drink too much, my legs don't work. But the problem is not in my legs. The problem is I got too much of something in me. And I think in life, when, when, when I allow this thing called time to be everything that there is, to not just hold a place in my life, but to hold the entirety of the scope of how I see where I'm going to be and who I'm, who I'm going to become, I become, to, I, I become, become what? I become in, intoxicated. Time is intoxicated. Will I ever? Will they ever? I've been believing for this for a long time now. God, are you, are you ever going to come through? I have kids that, man, we didn't raise them to be like that. And look how, look how they're living. I don't know that it's ever going to happen. And so I deem something dead that really isn't dead, but it's drunk. And because I don't treat it like it's drunk, it ends up dead. And so I give up on my kids. I give up on my family. I give up on my marriage. I give up on my job. I give up on my finances. I give up on my, on my, my psyche, my psychology. I give up on my physical well-being. Why? Not because I really want to give up on those things, but because I've allowed myself to become intoxicated. Noah, why do you find yourself intoxicated? Sometimes because of the toil, I think sometimes because of time. I think the other thing that really is intoxicating in our life is tension. No, no, why why are you why are you intoxicated? Sometimes, sometimes it's the tension. What, what is tension? Tension is this uh, it's this it's this space, it's like a chasm, it's a management of I wanted it to look like that, but it looks like this. Tension is when 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 I feel out of control of something that I want to be in control of. You think about Noah being, I mean, he's, the, he's the big man on the boat. He's a big nose boat. Like, think about it. He's got his family on this boat. And as long as they're on the boat, everything is what Noah says. God told me, kids, that that we're going to save the world. Okay. God said that. Yeah. God said that. Okay. So we're, as long as we're on the boat and God is, is working through this. Okay. Dad, whatever you want, but after God had saved them from the flood and, and God comes, you know what he does? He makes a promise to all of Noah's kids. And he says, Hey, I'm never going to do that again. You have a promise. You have a covenant with me that I'm never going to flood the earth again. I will not destroy humanity. All of a sudden, what probably happens is Noah's Kids begin to get a mind of their own. Well, I think I want to go over here and I want to do this. And I think I want to grow stuff over here. I want to do stuff over here or maybe have a home over here. And all of a sudden, could you imagine what it would be like to be Noah who used to be able to walk around and say, kids, God said. But now he can't use the whole phrase God said because they already know what God has said unto them. And so he 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 begins to lose maybe this sense of control, this sense of being able to. And what happens? We have we have tension is born. What kind of father puts a curse on his grandchild? No, like, like, think about it. There's a lot of debate about what happened in the story between him and, and and his father. But one thing I know for sure, and, and living in American society, is you look around at people. I've ne- I, I've seen I've seen I've seen fathers who, whose kids have, have murdered people, who, who have abused others, and and I've I've never seen those dads say, "I despise my own child. I hate my kid. I ho- I wish that he would. I wish that he would die. I want a curse to be upon it." I've never. It's, it's always man. It, man. We didn't raise him to be like that. He was a good kid. So, 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 so what is, what is, what is, co- what what is kind co- of tension? In, unless you're experiencing tension. See, see this tension intoxicates and what it intoxicates. Here's the danger of tension is intoxication. It causes you to turn on those you love the most. You ever found yourself in this position where you're going through relational trauma I'm talking with your sister I'm talking with your brother I'm talking with your auntie I'm talking with your uncle I'm talking with somebody that's close to you and all of a sudden because of tension you start actually despising the person that you know you actually love people that have been in the war trenches in, in life with you and they fought for you and they fought for for you and nobody else would fight for you and they had your back and Man, they they would have done anything for you, but you you get into a little tension, you have a little bit of disagreement, and all of a sudden, man, you start despising, you start putting curses on the ones, on the ones that that you love. Life has a way of being intoxicating, But I've come today to encourage somebody that maybe the situation that you're up against, maybe it's not death, maybe it's just drunk the great news about intoxication is that and i hope you hear this today intoxication doesn't last forever nobody stays drunk forever Me- meaning meaning it's 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 it's, it's 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 gonna wear off. I'm here to tell somebody who's given up on your marriage. I'm here to tell somebody who's given up on your relationship with your mom. I'm here to tell somebody who's given up on your relationship with your sister your sister or your auntie or your uncle. You've given up on your job. You've given up on your work. You've given up on yourself. You've given up on your kids. What if it's not dead? What if it's just drunk? What if it's just intoxicated? There's something about life that is intoxicating and we've all been there, We all experience intoxication in life, but the awesome thing about intoxication is intoxication doesn't have to determine your destination. Intoxication doesn't have to determine your destiny. Just because you go through a season in your life where things feel off or your relationships are off, it doesn't determine your destiny. Intoxication, drunkenness, being drunk doesn't determine your destiny. We see it in the life of Noah. Being drunk doesn't determine your destiny, but how you deal with drunkenness does to think, of, think about it think, think about what, what I'm talking about you need to be encouraged because I believe you've given up on many situations in your life they're not dead you've tr- you're treating them like they're dead but they're not dead, they're just drunk and that gets really exciting because drunkenness can't last forever drunkenness will always wear off and nobody can stay intoxicated forever drunkenness does not determine your destiny but how you deal with drunkenness does you see, see Ham walks in on his father naked What's crazy is it's not Ham's fault that he sees his father naked. What's equally crazy is it's not Ham's fault that his father is drunk. Yet, Ham's life, the future of his children is dictated, predicated upon how he responds to the drunkenness of his father. You see, the drunkenness doesn't change Noah's destination. It changes Ham's and Ham's Ham son, what, what am I getting at? How you deal with the drunk things in your life matter. How are you dealing with the intoxication of your relationships? How, what what intoxication? The things that are off. Something's just off. I don't you ever, you ever I, I, I can't put my finger? It, it's off. It's drunk. How, how are you dealing with the intoxicated things in your life? Because how you deal with drunkenness determines your destiny. Ham, ham treats treats drunkenness almost as as sobriety. Do you ever find yourself doing this, looking at people and and treating them as if they actually know what they're doing? I, I remember the scripture of Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yet when we look at it, it's it's easy to overlook the intoxication in our own life. But when it comes to the lives of other people, man, isn't it hard to overlook the intoxication in their life? Because certainly they meant to do it. Certainly they shouldn't have spoke about my name that way. Certainly they shouldn't have treated treated me that way. What what am I really getting at? How are you stewarding the drunk things in your life? How are you stewarding the relationships that you thought are over? And you get excited because maybe they're not over. Maybe they just are intoxicated. But how you deal with those drunk things determines their destiny. How you deal with the friend and the family member, the coworker, the reputation, the people in your sphere that maybe aren't behaving the way that you want them to behave. The child that, man, you prayed for. Man, we didn't teach him to, to act like this or to behave like this. How, how, how are you dealing with it? Because Ham, Ham really treats, treats, treats his dad like dead. What is dead? Without value. No honor. That's really what this, this story is about. Dishonors his father. No worth. When something, when something dies, it's like our body. Our body loses its value when we die. Our spirit does not because we're eternal, but our body loses its value. Why? Because we're, we're, we're dead. We don't, we don't need this earth suit anymore. Same thing with a plant. A plant dies. It can't produce fruit. The plant becomes, becomes worthless. When you treat people in your life who are intoxicated as worthless, the, ch- the challenge is you become, okay, I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to explain it. You become cursed. Here's what cursed means. Things don't work for you the way that they should work for you. Things that God intended to do in your life, it can't work when you don't steward the things in your life that are intoxicated. Because Ham doesn't deal with the nakedness of his father with honor. He actually limits the destiny of his children. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? I think think sometimes in life we are more... we, we deal with people drunk on alcohol better than we do people that are drunk because of their ego and because of their anxiety and because of their insecurities like just just think about it i know that's really heavy and it's really strong but like you you have a friend that maybe has too much to drink give me give me your keys why do you want their keys it's, it's not your fault that they had too much to drink no but that's my that's my brother that's that's give me give, give me your keys why do you want their keys because they're they're intoxicated. Isn't it funny that I'd call a cab for somebody, but I wouldn't call somebody to tell them that they're loved and accepted and enough, and I care about them just the way that they are when they're intoxicated because of their insecurity and their anxiety? Man, it, and, and here, here, here's my frustration because I've, I've been around this game for a minute now. I've been around this church world for, for, for a minute now, and I hear Christians time and time again, "Well, God, where are you?" How can you promise you said you would be faithful and all this stuff's not working in my life? What if things in your life aren't working because you aren't doing the right thing with the drunk things? Sometimes in life you're believing God for a financial breakthrough. And you think that God doesn't care about your financial situation. But what really God is wanting you to do is, is, is to deal with the intoxicated things in your life. And if you deal with the intoxicated things in your life, what am I talking about? The relationships, the friendships, the intoxication of your own soul. As you deal with the drunken things in your life, you actually, you actually fix, fix your destiny, how things actually end up. You create a space for God to be able to get to you what he's been trying to get to you all along. Noah has two other sons. And they don't treat the drunkenness as just death. They don't treat it as sobriety. They treat it as drunkenness. What if we could just treat? Okay, this is kind of funny. What if we could just treat everybody as if they were drunk? What, what am I saying? You don't. Re- you don't really mean what you're. What you're saying you don't really mean what you're doing. I I know what you did, I know you cheated me, but I know you couldn't have meant it because you gotta have something going on in your life. It's really, you have anxiety, but it's really not anxiety. You think a situation is dead and because it's dead, you've given up on it, but really it's just drunk and because it's drunk, it's causing you to be naked. You're having moments of vulnerability, behaviors that, no, 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 you wouldn't normally be acting like that. What if we could find compassion? What if we could find empathy? What if we could fight for one another? What if we could dream one again for our marriages? What if we could dream once again for our futures? What if we could allow God to resurrect the things in our life that you you thought they were dead, but they're not dead? I'm here to encourage somebody today who's given up on your dream because it didn't fit into a timeline. And you've been intoxicated by time. You've been intoxicated by your toil. You've been intoxicated by the tension. And you don't know how to look up. Because here's the thing. You know the craziest thing about drunk people is they never know when they're drunk. And some of you sitting here looking at me today like, oh, that's really good for somebody. No, it's good for you. Because life has a way of intoxicating us all to give up on our parents, man. When we should be fighting for them. Well, it's just no, no, no. Just because it does not freight in your fit into your framework and your timeline doesn't mean that you get the right to give up on them. Why? Because if you do, I hope I can God help me to drive this point home home this morning. You, You, how you, how you deal with drunkenness around you doesn't deal with the doesn't actually determine the destiny of the person who's drunk. It determines your destiny. What, 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 what am I talking about? Ham Ham dishonoring his father didn't change Noah's destiny. Noah was the one that was drunk. You treated me bad. You did this, you did that. It wouldn't happen if I wouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah but, but, it's, but it's not, it doesn't change the fact that it was wrong, that it's evil, that it's hurt, that it's, that it's tough. But, but at the end of the day, man, how I deal with the things that are intoxicated, it doesn't affect the person that's intoxicated. It, it, it affects me. It changes the trajectory of who I become. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life with locked doors because I haven't learned to steward things in my life that are intoxicated. Again, intoxicated, things that are off, meaning they don't make sense. I don't know why you would do this. I don't know why you would behave this way. Stewarding these things. The awesome thing about intoxication, if, if, if I want to be sober... Sobriety requires the same thing of us all. The Bible says that when Noah awoke from his wine, when Noah awoke from his wine, sobriety requires the same thing from us all. What is it? Rest. What, what, is, what is rest? I'm not, I'm not talking about sleep. I'm, t- I'm talking about rest. An ability to What am I saying? It, it doesn't have to fit into your framework. They shouldn't have said that to you, but you know what? It's going to be okay. Why are you gonna hold a grudge? It's not fair what happened to you at your, it's not fair what happened to you when you, when you were a kid, but you can either allow that to intoxicate you and you stay intoxicated, or if you want to become sober, what are you gonna have to do? I'm gonna have to rest. Which is what? It's this message of surrender. It's this message of trust. The ability to be okay when things are not. To not know all the answers and to be, to be okay with it. Some of you in this place, Easter's coming up next week. And I, I believe some of the things that have kept you from the life that you've been trying to walk into is because of how you're stewarding the drunk things in your life. <laughs> I hope you're connecting the dots this morning. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the relationships. I'm talking about your own, I'm talking about your own soul. I think a lot of times the things that limit us, we we, bear, we bury things because we think they're dead, but they're not dead. They're really drunk, which is good news because drunk doesn't last forever. But the problem is how I deal with drunk determines my destiny. How, how are you stewarding those things? Some people, some people, you need to leave this place. You need to make phone calls. Hey, I, I just want you to know that, that I love you. We've been through a lot. And you know what? It's been ugly. It's been rough. But I just want you to know, man, if my heart was to stop beating today, I wouldn't want you to wonder if I loved you, if I was for you. Some of you parents who have given up on your... <laughs> Some of you parents who have given up on your kids because they, they, they chose a different way of life. And you don't, you don't get it. You don't, you don't understand it. They weren't raised that way. And you're right, they, they, they weren't. But sometimes in life, you're, you're not dealing with just, you're not dealing with a sober person. You're dealing with somebody who's been intoxicated. By, by, by what? By, by, by the hustle. By the busyness. By, 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 by tension. By, by, by time. There's things that happen. You, you know you weren't the best dad. And you weren't the best mom. And you have regret. You have a chip on your shoulder. And you wish you could go back. But you can't go back. But you can steward the present. You, you can steward now. You can't go back. You can't change those things. But how will you, how will you deal with the intoxication? How, how you steward crazy is important. I find myself just wanting to write people off when they're crazy. Am I the only one? You have lost your mind. No, no. This is the nature of life, and I've lost my mind too because the nature of life is that it's intoxicating. And we need more compassion. we got to fight for one another. we got to lock arms with one another. we got to realize we have more in common than we don't. Some of you you got to pick up the phone. you got to make a phone call. Why? Because... Life won't work for you the way you need life to work for you if you don't. It's hard to see the correlation, but this is the way things, this is the what the Bible says, my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher. How can, how can stewarding this thing over here that seems intoxicated be affecting this thing over here? It just, it does. How, how, how does, does Ham's dishonor of his father when he's drunk affect his kids? How, how, are the, how, how is it Canaan's fault? It's not Cain's fault. But how you deal with the d- drunk things determine the destiny of everything that you touch. For some of you, you've been intoxicated because of the toil. You, you, need, you need to slow down. You, you need a break. You've been, you've been working too much. Some of you guys that are in third quarter of your life, it's, t- it's, time, it's time to take some serious time off. Why? Because you can't, you can't even get clarity to know where it is that you need to go until you get sobriety in your soul. What am I talking? A, 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 a cleansing, a, a, a timeout, to say, God, I, I, help me, help me be sober again, be sober minded, be sober minded. The, he's, he, the, the enemy. He's like a lion. He's like a prowling. He's he's roaring around, seeing who who he can, who he can can devour. That's why you got to be sober. How do I get sober? Sometimes sometimes I'm just doing too much. I, I, I you you you've been you've been running long and hard. If you want things to work for you, you, you got to time out. Others, you're in this place, man, you, you're intoxicated by time. time Last time I checked, time is not king, Jesus is. Time is not king, Jesus is. Why do we get so worked up over the timeline? This is so human, and I'm preaching to myself this morning. But why do we get so worked up over the timeline? The mechanism on our, on our, on our phones or our watches or on our wall, and somehow we think that, that that's bigger than my purpose? That's bigger than, 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 than my worth? No. It 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 will it, it's just it'll intoxicate you. You have to remind your soul that time is not king, Jesus is king. Allow yourself to find sobriety. Some of you tension tension, the tension, it doesn't look like like like, like I want it to look. Man, in life, there's beauty and surrender. I really believe that's part of my life's message. Show people that man, God can do so much more with your life than you can if you'll let him. But it requires, it requires, you know, I always, I always thought, pick up your cross and follow me. And I, I was always so burdened by like, you know, behaviors, like I had to get my behaviors right. But I, the older I get, the really, I see that it's really not as much about those things it's as much as I have to surrender my ego. I have to surrender my desire to be right. I have to desire, surrender my, my need for control. That things have, that's, this is the, the message of the kingdom. Pick up your cross and surrender your life to Christ. What does that mean? Hey, I trust that the person who's out there that's bigger than me, you know what to do with this better than I know what to do with this. So I'm going to steward the things in my life the best I know how. I'm going to fight for my brother. I'm going to fight for my sister. What if the thing that you're facing isn't dead? What if it's drunk? if it's drunk that's some of the best news you could ever have because that means that it's intoxicated and intoxication can't last forever because drunkenness doesn't determine your destiny but how you deal with it does I dare you to step up to the plate to step up to the plate and realize man all of us you in this place today you're probably (laughs) you're probably not as sober as you think Noah. God. Man, you built, you did what? You saved us. So that's why we're here. But even him wasn't as sober as he thought. Would you pray with me today? Would you bow your heads, maybe close your eyes? God, I, I'm i going to ask the Holy Spirit for a, for a moment here. What, what, is, what is the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is basically God within us. It's, it's God that has this ability to be omnipresent with each and every one of us at the same time. He has an ability to do things that I can't do with my articulation. And if you had the courage to show up in this space today because you're looking more more in some area of your life, I, I just dare you to have the courage to believe that, that God can maybe do something in your heart that I couldn't do in 40 minutes of talking. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would do something in our life, right now, in this moment, that you would bring sobriety to our hearts and sobriety to our minds. God, that you would show us the areas of our life that we're intoxicated that we can't even see because we're the drunk ones. God, that you would birth in us a heart of compassion to to be more compassionate for our brothers and for our sisters. God, that you would give courage to certain people in here that have turned their back on friends, turned their back on family members because you crossed me once and don't you ever cross me. You cross me, I'll I'll write you off. God, I just ask that you give us the courage to find our sobriety so that we can unlock the dams of our destiny. God, so that we can unlock the dams of our destiny. I believe for some of you, it's been like your, your destiny has just been held up like a dam. It's like a, like a lake and, there, and, there, and there's, there's, there's water. And as soon as you make a move, all of a sudden it's gonna be like the floodgates open. You've been praying and singing songs. Would you open the floodgates of heaven? But he's been waiting on you to do what? To steward the drunkenness in your life, to steward the intoxication, the things that are off, to not give up on them, to not bury them like they're dead, but to honor, to fight for them, to choose to divorce yourself from your evil, and your ideology and your need to be right and your security and your comfort and to forge into uncharted waters what were you where you where you can't you can't save yourself in your own strength and your own your own your own ability I don't know who I'm talking to the person that's watching on YouTube and you're the man man you're used to being able to be the captain of your own ship but i'm here to tell you today you've been the man long enough and it's time to surrender like you you've had moments of surrender but it's time to throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care to give up man the reins of this ship to somebody greater you need god in the midst of your situation you've been wondering how am i you've been wondering how am i going to get through this next season god that you're calling me to how am I going to get to this next, through this next season that you're calling me to? And the way that you're going, there, there, there's, there's, there's a dam and you're not going to be able to do it on your own. But as you steward these things that you've treated as dead, as you steward these things that you've treated as dead, I declare that your destiny unfolds like the floodgates. The floodgates being released, the dam being released in your life. I just declare that. I declare that over your life right now in this moment. Man, would you just sing something right where you're at? Would you just open your heart before God? Would you just open your heart before God? Would you God would you help us, would you help us, God? God, we know we don't got it all together. Some of you got a lump in your throat because it's going to be, I really, I don't know that I really, God, I just asked, I just asked Holy Spirit that you would be like a burning fire. God, you would push us because you're not, he's not trying to push you so that you'll lose anything. He's trying to push you so that you can gain everything that he's been trying to get to you. You settled for a small God because you didn't know how to steward the simple things. You settled for a small God because you didn't know how to steward the simple things, but it's the little things that lead to the big things. It's the little things that lead to the big things. It's stewarding the relationship with your mom, and your dad, and your son, and your brother, and your co-worker, and your boss, and your soul, and your soul, and your soul, and your soul. It's how you steward your soul. How you steward the little things that lead to the big things. I declare that freedom is coming. I declare that the floodgates are opening. I declare that I hear a dam breaking in this church. I hear a dam breaking in your family. I hear a dam breaking in your life. The things that have been held back will be held back. Stand up on your feet and lift your hands and worship our great, great God. God, we declare. God, we declare in our life. God, we just declare. God, an openness to the things that you're calling us to. God, that we would have compassion. God, that we would have compassion. I am for God, help us to see the things that we cannot see. The person here that's struggling because, man, what you went through was so hard. You need to hear today it does not do away with the fact that what happened to you was hard, it was not fair, it was not right, it was not just. They were not right to do those things to you. But, 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 but you. Not stewarding that intoxication in their life is not hurting them. It's hurting you. God, I declare freedom in our lives as we take a step towards it. As we take a we take we take a step towards it. Now I just challenge you to have more compassion, to have more grace. Some of you, you have grace for other people, but you have no grace for yourself. You feel like if you take a time out, that the world's going to fall apart. The world's not going to fall apart. You would be better to this world by taking a time out so you can know the place that God is calling you. Slow down. Where are you trying to get? Think think about it. Where where are you trying to get so fast? Then what? You get there. Then what? Where where are you trying to get? God, would you help us to find rest? (laughs) Hear that today. Rest. Find Rest find rest find rest find rest find rest when i first started dating my wife my uh my mother-in-law uh, i i wanted my i was trying to get things to move along faster and i wanted my wife to like be head over heels for me and we were she wasn't at the time it was really funny and i remember talking to my mother-in-law and uh she said Nick she, she really she really does love you she just kind of she's 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 struggling through just this season of life and I said well that's great but can she hurry it up and she said she said I feel like God gave me a word for you and I'm like oh great yeah like what is it and she said rest <laughs> I was like that's the last thing that I want to hear but rest is what brings sobriety Ooh. and some of you you' you you've gone through a season of pain and you you think that you're good, but you're intoxicated by grief. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I, I feel like you, you've been, you've been through a season of pain and you think that you're good, but you're intoxicated by grief. Meaning you're behaving in ways that you're not sharp. You're, you're, you're off and you, and, and you don't even see it, but other people do. And the reason that you're, into, you, the reason that you do is because you're intoxicated and, and you need, you got to rest, you got to rest, you got to rest. You gotta rest. Sometimes that's just that's just letting yourself. Sometimes rest is letting your letting it hurt, letting it hurt, letting it hurt. Well, somebody just close your eyes. Maybe just lift your hands as a sign of surrender unto God. Not just out of religious formality, but some of you you've had, you've had blocked up emotions. Your emotions have because you 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 feel like okay I need to get it together now. No, you, you need to, in your weakness His strength is made perfect in in your in your in your weakness which means god i don't god, god i'm still hurting god i'm still in pain god I I, I, I I think god i sometimes it's just god i think that i'm intoxicated i think that god i think that i'm i'm not sober be sober minded be sober minded how rest Rest is what? Rest is trust. What is trust? Trust is faith between me and God, letting go of my idea of how I think things should look. Surrender, not knowing all the answers, being okay with it. It's letting go, letting go, letting go. It's really found in that, yeah. So God, I ask that you would do something deep within our soul. God, that transcends a moment. God, for some of us that we can't figure out what's going on, why am I so emotional? Why am I so up and down? Why do one day I hate my job, the next day I love my job? Why one day do I hate my wife, the next day I love my wife? One day one day am I just just so irritated by my children, and the next thing is the greatest thing. God, would you help us find sobriety in our life? Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to salvationchurch.cc/give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.